With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Five, four, three, two, one, go. So good to say. Happy NFL. Happy NFL Sunday to everybody else. Indeed. It's going to be our third week of official football in the NFL, and I think we're all looking forward to it. we got a lot to talk about today, y'all. It's going to be definitely um, eye-opening. We're looking at where we are in the NFC North with everyone and, you know, who's hurt and who's not, and, who's looking good and who's looking, you know, like they should just quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Michael uh, Michael coined a phrase uh, earlier in the week, and uh, uh, he, I think he was referencing his uh, fantasy football team last week when he coined the phrase National Fragile League. And unfortunately, um, the NFL is looking like the National Fragile League and more specifically the NFC North. So half of our talks today will be about uh, injury reports. Wow. We got a lot of injury reports going around. So yeah, many injury most, reports. I mean, but, the Bears specifically, like, decimated. Yeah. <laughs> but so oh, the, Bears, like we're gonna, the Bears weren't Lamar, looking good before so the injury reports came out. After the injury reports came out, it's just like, <laughs> Why? <laughs> Like the Bears, well, from, well, let's, you know what? Let's talk about one injury, though. Let's, I want to talk about one injury specifically. There's been a lot of Jay Cutler talk, and I know okay. you actually do have a rant. So before we actually get into how we feel about Jay Cutler and what we are right. seeing, I'm gonna let I'm gonna play what you um, put up. This yeah, week, ladies and just in case you missed it. Go ahead. Well, I, I recorded a rant this week, and we think that it is. Ideal to begin today's show So If you've been hearing my rants They are, are Pretty sometimes random at times But this one is perfect to start today's show Yeah man This rant is dedicated To my favorite team But more specifically one particular player. All I'll say is I got 99 problems, and Jay Cutler is one. And coming from me, that is a very big deal. I have defended Jay Cutler on this show from 2010 when he was in the playoffs and he had a sprained MCL. The following season when he was having an MVP-like season, then he got injured 
at the same season when Matt Forte was injured, I was saying, how are you going to call the upset with Jay Cutler when his best receiver is Devin Hester? I was saying plenty of other things. Jay Cutler didn't have no weapons. He didn't have no offensive line. They kept changing his offensive coordinator. And then last year, Adam Gates was a great coordinator. Then Adam Gates leaves. And, oh, my goodness, this divorce has hurt him and hurt Bears fans. Jay Cutler, I can no longer defend you. Even if you want to say you were injured, those plays you were making on Monday Night Football were horrible. You were throwing into triple coverage, interceptions, you can't hold on to the ball, uh, making bad decisions. And every chance I have had, Cassandra and Mike have heard me defend you. I cannot defend that game. Oh, don't get me wrong. That game was not only you. I can look at many of people that couldn't hold on the ball besides you, injuries everywhere, um, and my team is part of the National Fragile League. Nobody could avoid getting injured last night. But, Jay Cutler, for you to start off by saying, well, my finger hurt and I couldn't throw the ball properly, so I virtually pulled myself out the game. I'm sure John Fox was thinking, why did you say that? Now I'm going to have to answer these questions. Jay Cutler, I got 99 problems, and you are one of them. Good gosh, that was horrid. For this Renard rank to be dedicated to you, you are just, oh, my gosh. Chicago Bears are in the Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I have come up with every excuse to why there's nothing wrong with Jay Cutler and everybody else was to blame. Last night's game shows you are to blame. And while I'm not giving up on my Bears, if you don't turn it around and turn it around big and go on a winning streak and have a winning season, I don't know what to say. Can't defend you. That was horrible. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I told him how I really felt. I had to record that that rant about Jay Cutler because it just was unexcusable the way he played on Monday Night Football. It has already become Jay Cutler's normal thing to stink it up on national games. And lo and behold, the Bears have another national game tonight. No excuses for Jay Cutler. I have been his defender. I can't defend anything anymore. When that's what you're going to show up and do, I can't defend anything. And as bad as your finger might have hurt, and as bad as you might be, and you now dropped in the depth chart, what, what can I defend anymore? Cutler. What can I defend? I refuse to defend you, Jay Cutler. It's over. We're not defending you anymore. The one person you had defending you on national TV or local TV was, or local radio was me. When you lose me, that's you lose a lot because uh, you've proven that you have nothing to defend anymore. It's a wrap, Jay. It's over, Jay Cutler. 
Your skirt is in the toilet. The problem is you should have flushed the toilet there. before the game. Okay, well, we'll we'll, we'll log in just to flush the toilet for you, Jay Cutler. Because this is pretty bad. Okay. So that was horrible. Aside from Jay Cutler, aside from Jay Cutler, Lamar Houston, though. Do you have nothing to say? <laughs> I mean, the Bears can't keep, the Bears basically lost their QB on defense by losing him too. I mean, the Bears lost Lamar Houston for the season. I mean, John Fox is trying to build up this defense, but he's losing everybody to injury. Danny Trevathan not playing well. Has anybody heard from Pernell McPhee? Lamar Houston's gone. Let me look at a roster here. The don't have so, a roster. Now, now, I will say some of these, um, you know, and this is not to be funny, people. I'm just being totally honest with you. That these are some people that I have never heard of. So I'm just going to read them off and tell you who's hurt and what their status is, et cetera. Adrian Amos is a safety who has a concussion, and he is he didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday, had limited practice Friday, and he's questionable for the day. Bryce Callahan's cornerback who has a concussion. Who do, I'm, 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 I really want to ask, like, who'd you hit, dude? <laughs> the problem who is he didn't hit nobody. Did you get hit? I think you got hit and hit the ground. Because I mean, this, this come on, this uh, it's, the defense hasn't been there for you to have. I, I don't, I ain't on no field, but I'm just saying, you got a concussion. Mm. Who'd you hit? But did you get blocked so hard or blindsided? Because these are both safety. These are these are DBs. <laughs> DBs normally hand out concussions. We don't, you know, they don't normally get them. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, he's questionable for today. Today, carry a running back. He has a hamstring. He didn't practice all week, so he's doubtful. Jay Cutler is doubtful for the day, ladies and gentlemen, because of his right yeah, thumb again. Yeah, I've been seeing that. I showed you the change in the death chart. Oh, gosh. You know, so, I mean, uh, uh, Kyle Fuller's still questionable. Eddie Goldman is doubtful. Um, Ashawn Jeffries is questionable. Bobby Massey, he's a right tackle. He's questionable because of his toe. I mean, you know, I mean, there are injuries and things happen, and we all get that. You know, all of us, everybody here is an athlete. You know, all of us have played sports. So we know what it means to get hurt and, and, and to go through that type of trial. But when it comes down to just, like, looking at your play and how indicative that is and how it plays a, prop, plays a, a part in you getting hurt, you know, I mean, we don't have any protection. And it looks like, you know, once that happened, Jay just went back to being old Jay, you know. And and, and it's like, yeah, I, I was with you. That's the part. That's the bad part about it. Because I know last week I was like, it, it, you know, first two weeks. Last week, and you know, week before we were both like, oh, man, it's, you know, it looked like the Adam Gates plan is sticking. He, he's not going to have any bad habits. And then, lo and behold, you know, Monday night going come, and, and it's, 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 it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Sad and ridiculous. And then on top of that, they are playing the Dallas Cowboys tonight. So, um, I, I don't know. You know, and and 
when you look at the Dallas Cowboys roster as far as who's injured, they don't have as many people we have. We I think we got fourteen altogether. Fourteen people hurt, ladies and gentlemen. Fourteen people. That's a huge dent in your roster. Huge dent. Fourteen people being hurt is 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 practically the first the first person on the entire death chart. It's almost the first person on the death chart. Actually, I saw the. I, I take that back, ladies and gentlemen. It's sixteen people hurt. Sixteen people with, with injuries, and two, three, two or three of them are doubtful. They don't even have um, two people. Don't even have anything. Now, I, don't, I don't know what happened with Lamar Houston or uh, Sherrick McManus. Neither one of them are listed as far as being doubtful or having any listing past Wednesday or thir- Wednesday or Thursday, as far as their activity on the team. Say again. Yeah, we can barely hear you, but we can hear you. It, it is with Jay Cutler. It is. It is a loss for words in trying to defend him, and that's become very hard. Mike said it. If you're not going to give him protection, he's going to get hurt, and we lost some of our offensive line this week, which was already living on Band-Aids. Their Band-Aids supply <laughs> on the offensive line was very high. Um, when you're trying to put together an offensive line and this is what you get, you can't be surprised that he gets hurt. But also add, on most teams, most teams, when one side of the ball falls apart, the other side of the ball has to pick it up. Notoriously last season, Peyton Manning and the offense did not carry the Broncos, so the defense was able to step it up. The problem with the Bears is the offense is falling apart, but the defense had already fallen apart. What's the problem? Every name, every nameable person on the Bears, every nameable person on the Bears defense seems to have a major injury. Every nameable person on the Bears offense, Alshon Jeffrey, Jay Cutler, Jeremy Langford. Exactly. I mean, what well, I mean today's, we'll see what the impact is. Um, they got they got a couple of cornerbacks out, safety out. Um, you know, if Alshon can go 100%, it's, he's questionable, so who knows what that's going to look like. And when it comes down to it, it's just going to be, you know, what we have on the field, unfortunately. Now, Dallas has, obviously isn't too short. Of you know their people, we already know Tony Romo's out, and you know so that's to be expected. But the uh, they don't have any main people out that that would you know be a benefit to us being short. So we'll see. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there she goes. I have a question. <laughs> when you look at the Cowboys, though, like what's up with the 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 matchup? I'm I'm 
I'm not thrilled with the Cowboys. I don't find any fascination in the Cowboys. Only thing I like is Dak Prescott. That's the only person that they need to stop. If they contain Dak Prescott, the Bears might have a fighting chance with 9,000 people on IR. I, I just, I, that's all they have, and, and I can't, that's really all they have. For them to play, I hate it, and, and I'll be serious, and I don't care who doesn't like it, and I don't care who boos me. doesn't matter to me, but, yeah, well, I hated seeing the Redskins lose. I hated seeing how that last play unfolded for the Redskins because I knew the way the Redskins played the Cowboys that the Cowboys are are not the truth this season. And oh, no, just, they're not. They're not the truth. Um, the Redskins handled their ass, pardon my French, the entire game. If that would not have been picked off in the end zone, the Cowboys would be going home with an L. And I get it, a win is a win, but when you sit back and look at games like that, you're like, whoa. You know, so I they are who we thought they were. You know, they, it wasn't like they, you know, they they barely squeaked out the win on that on that one. You know, it was only twenty seven, twenty three. So we talked about four points. You know, and if if four you're nine. that strong of a if you're that strong of a team, then honestly, it should look more like the New England game. You know, if you if um, if, if, if that's what you have, you know, right? Um, it's that's that's what the score should be indicative of. But when you are in a dog fight, pretty much the entire game. And this team is not giving up, and your defense really can't stop them. You just slowing them down enough so you can hold on to the lead. You're not dominating the game. Well, another right. thing that they I didn't was, at all. when I was looking at the uh, the things going on with Dallas this week, if we're honest with ourselves, as good as people, or let me rephrase, as happy as people have been about Dak Prescott, and surprised that he's he's this good as a rookie, he's still a rookie. That's one thing. Another point is people are expecting Ezekiel Elliott to be, be Emmitt Smith. What people forget is even as good as Emmitt Smith became, Emmitt Smith was not great in his rookie season. They want they want Ezekiel Elliott to be Emmitt Smith in the prime of his career right now. He's not there. He will become there, but he's got to mature. If we look at the defensive side of the ball, to me, they have one linebacker, one. Their secondary they don't even have does not stop anybody. Well, if you are listed as a linebacker and you are getting a check, pat yourself on the back because apparently your work effort is your crap and you still get paid on Tuesday. So that's that's awesome. I, I well, you know. Of, I just, I'll just run I out would of bounds. Anybody that run at me, I'll just run out of bounds because that's like what they do. Yeah. They they don't stop and they have one linebacker and and the sad thing is that one linebacker I don't understand why it's not contagious to the rest of the rest of the team because he plays with heart to the point that he ends up getting injury he leaves it all out on the field. I don't well, know. you know, man, some 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 teams are just spoiled. You know, and and they feel like all we have to do is show up and don't really have to do much. And I'm just here, man. Look, dog, what you doing after the game, man? I don't know, man. You know, they always talk, already having post game talk. You know, and and sometimes it's indicative of where you play. Either that, you just suck. One, two. 
So, but that is hilarious that we have one person who really puts forth effort on the team. And, and when you, is the what, only one that puts forth effort. But then when you look at their their, their secondary between Brandon Carr, Morris Clifford, and Orlando Scandrick, it's like they drafted these players high, and they're getting nothing out of them. They're getting nothing out of their secondary. Their secondary, they're just not. And their their cornerbacks, they don't have a deep depth chart on them. So if somebody goes down, they're pretty much stuck. Well, you know what? They're crap. And do you honestly think that the Bears could pull this off? I just have to ask the question. Man, I I don't know. I mean, no. They haven't. They haven't. Uh, these first two weeks, y'all have got to be for jumping shit on my team. Did y'all breathe or think about that before you answered? I mean, like, well, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't breathe, right? I mean, I've looked at – I'm happy to be honest with myself. I, I usually come up with every excuse on why I believe the Bears can win. I looked at the first two games, and they didn't show anything or give any reason to have any belief. They have they have not run the ball at all. It's almost like as much as we were praising these young running backs last year or something, but we could survive without Matt Forte, the rest of the, t- the, rest of the NFL got game tape on and said, yeah, now we know how to stop these guys. So the running game is gone. The threat of a, the threat of a pass is not a threat because they know it's going to be a pass. The offensive line isn't stopping anybody and protecting the running backs to where the running backs have become de facto offensive linemen that can't block. Nobody is threatened by the tight end ever since Martellus Bennett is gone in New England. That's just the offensive side of the ball. We ain't even got to talk about how the defense can't stop nobody's offense. I'm worried that Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are going to look like Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith today. I personally, think, I personally think that we should have just called this whole beer segment. Bernard, tell us how you really feel. I mean, I have really – I have defended my Bears. I have said the Bears could beat the Vikings. I have said the Bears could beat the Packers. I have said the Bears could beat the Patriots. I have said the Bears could beat the Panthers. I have said the Bears could beat the Broncos. And all of that list, they've all lost. But I came up with reasons why they could pull it off. I can't, I can't come up with a list anymore. Hmm. Well, know, that's not that's not good. Uh, usually, oh there's God. something I can create. I can create a glimmer of hope. Well, that glimmer of hope is now glitter that's been stomped on um, by a classroom of little kids, and there's no more glitter left. You see, these oh, wow. analogies are the funniest. Thing. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. So Tell me at its best. I will take that analogy. So, ladies and gentlemen, or lady and gentlemen, it's time to – well, we already know one person is not going for the Bears. You definitely know there are two people not going for the Bears. Mike, that leaves you. What's your pick? I'm cool. I'm going for the Bears. I'm not taking the Bears. Well, two to one. I don't understand. You you know what? Every week we do this. I'm rooting for the Bears. I'm yeah, rooting but, for the Bears. But, look, I'm sure you're Bears rooting for the Bears. Who's but we talking about who's going to win the game. Oh, 
Every week. Uh-huh, the consensus is. All right, so the bears I just have I I have issue with the way you phrase the statement. I believe the Bears are gonna lose. I am not going for the Cowboys. I'm picking the Cowboys. Nobody is going for the Cowboys. Nobody's right. going for it, but we're just talking about are the Bears going to win? Yes or no? And the answer is no. So and the no, the answer is no. We don't we don't see it. I mean, and it's hard because we live here. You know what I'm saying? And we're fans, and and it's like it's not hard for me. I know they hard for you. You, you know, we know you love your Vikings. It's all good. You're one of them purple people leaders. That's right. It's, you know, it's all good, but man, shoot, I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes I want to trade up. <laughs> like, See, that's why I can't be a Chicago fan because well, I love my Vikings, but that happens all the time. Like, hey, I man, look, people, I mean, y'all you know. have not, y'all have had a quarterback, but you all have had people to bail you out in the past. There have been Peanut Tillman's and Tim Jennings and. Brian Erlacher's and Lance Briggs. Well, see, and, 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 and but, but right, we but had, to what you're saying. We had a Christian saying. Ponder. We had and 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 we were sitting for at no wins for I don't know with, I can just how say, long. All I gotta say is Rex Grossman. Every bad quarterback you name, I can just say Rex, Rex Grossman. Grossman. Rex Grossman has a hat. But he went to, I went to the Super Bowl. I went to, went to the Super Bowl. Bowl. That's why I'm in the Super Bowl. Two thousand five season. At least his hat says that. Right, so you know, but every at the same time, at the same time, since then, everything the Cavs named, they're all skill positions. They're all, you know, particular people that that work in that area. But the the honest truth is, Chicago has never had a superstar quarterback. No, the quote. Not, that don't y'all call into the show telling me anything about the punky QB when we were like. Uh, yeah. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, that nigga is Jim McMahon, but let's keep it let's keep it real. Right. Okay. The closest let's thing be the straight up honest. To name a good quarterback is Sid Luckman. And as much as Penny Bears fans want to claim Sid Luckman, Jay Cutler has has taken down all of Sid Luckman's uh, records. So when well, Jay then Cutler maybe that's not and man look listen what? in the grand in in the grand scheme of things. Winning is winning, and records don't mean crap. Right. It's and a record. Hey, kind of records but, mean but, something. They mean something. They mean something. But what I'm talking about is, what I'm talking about is, you know, you have, you have a system. Let's let's just go ahead and be and put it out there. You have a system like New England. They've been there six times. You have a system like Chicago. They've been there what once. Twice. That I can remember. Twice. Okay, two times. There's a difference in what's going on in those two markets with those two teams. Huge difference. Well, we can get I, I, we get we get we get players who co- who come here and they play and they leave. We have coaches who come here We have coaches who come here who coach for a year. A season <laughs> and leave with John Fox and they leave. Well, leave. What's up? What? 
league. And, the big, and that's the biggest so difference. There's an, there's an issue. You have Bill Belichick for 15, 16 seasons. Now you have a team that is is rivaling is rivaling the Cleveland Browns with the amount of coaches you keep. Man, I'm just saying. How, but we how know that Cleveland be- has a whole debacle going on. Cleveland is something well, else. Well, you know, so, they so, just, so we so Chicago has a whole lot going on. My point is still. When you're mentioned in the same sentence as the Cleveland Browns of your coaching staff, that tells a lot about you. I'm telling you, because it ain't, man. Because while the Bears don't have the same as bad of a revolving door on the head coach position, everybody else leaves. The Bears, their 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 coordinators never stay the same, even during the Lovey Smith era. To think that Lovey Smith fired Ron Rivera because he was worried for his job. But but Ron is killing we, it. We know that. We we right, we that's that's kind of we know. See, see that's, Ron that's is killing he, it. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, He was worried because he knew the Bears would eventually hire Ron Rivera. Yeah, and we, that we been an excellent thing. And they should have. 2006 season chronicles. You know what I'm saying? 2006. 2006 when Ron Rivera was doing so great with the uh, defense, the defense never looked the same after Ron Rivera ended up in uh, San Diego and eventually sure did. Carolina. Sure didn't. Has not been the same since. I mean, and that says a lot. I, I'm not going to take away because, from Smith because he brought in a great defensive scheme and he's his defenses always look good, so he has something good going on. But he didn't do it by himself, and Ron Rivera was a huge part of the 2006 Super Bowl uh, attending Bears. Yeah, like so, how you said it, they attended the Super Bowl. So if you are listening <laughs> right. live, I have honestly put up a poll. And the poll, since we are on it right now, we're going to let it run for a few hours. It actually does our question of the moment live here on our show. Have the Bears ever had a great quarterback? So, you know, you get to go to Twitter at Football Fan Rush, and you get to vote and tell us yes, no. And if they have, who was it? Like, yeah, that's an option. The, the, the name? You the go to Twitter. Go, no, no. You go to Twitter and do this. No. Oh, man. I'm a, I, don't I'm tell a, anybody. Don't, don't tell anybody. No. Don't tell anybody because right the now, AA fans, right what now, she's basically saying is I've ran my mouth enough because she just shut me up. No, I, no, I want to see what other Bears fans are saying. See, we got one vote. Somebody says yes, the Bears have had up two, three uh, feet. So go to Twitter and knock it out so that other, you know, other fans might feel the way you feel. But while everyone's on Twitter voting, we have to mention and. Another division matchup, of course, our love is the NFC North. And today we have the Lions and the Packers going to do battle. Oh, the Lions and the Bandits team. <laughs> well, you got them bandages. He said bandages. In the infirmary. <laughs> They're a little messed the up. The infirmary, <laughs> the bandage team. But, man, oh, man, the Packers. Half the Packers are on I IR. I'm going with the better team. And that's crazy. Yeah. I said I was going to start wow. with the better team. Wow. Yes, yes. That's yes. a huge Lions statement to make. Stand up. That's a I can clearly to make. see Say, the Lions sliding their butt in the second spot. I can see it. Say it again. It, it, 
Uh, the better team, I heard her say. Boy, the mm-hmm. Lions are doing the smartest thing in the NFC North. They're flying below the radar. They are flying yep. below the radar. Because everybody's talking about Sam Bradford, how good he looks. People are talking how bad Aaron Rodgers looks, how bad Jay Cutler looks. And the Lions are like, okay, we're just going to win. They just keep on tracking. They didn't really win last week. It was a, it was a very interesting ending. I mean, they didn't win yeah. last week. It was, it the was fact one point, is, it, it was the, the win they had in week one was quiet. The loss they had in week two was quiet. The Lions are just going to fly below the radar. I mean, because and can end up in the number two spot. Matt Stafford has. You see, notice how she one. keeps on saying they can end up in the number two spot. She's not gonna give them credit for that number one spot. I of cannot give them credit. Listen, listen, I can't give them credit for the number one spot because they're not playing at that caliber yet. It's just the Bears are depleting them. The, the Bears are shooting their own self in the foot. So we just gotta let it go. It is is what it is. This season, we know that it's gonna be Jay Cutler's last season. I can't give them number two because. The Vikings, as we mentioned in the pre-show meeting, and we will talk about a little bit more, keep losing key players, yet the fight on the field is not reflecting that. And we have seen Aaron Rodgers bounce back from, oh, my God, he's horrible, to, oh, my God, did he throw a Hail Mary and they're walking off the field. The Lions don't play like that. <clears throat> but Right. And if, the Bears fans still can't, remember, can't forget when he spelled out relax. Exactly. Spelled out, relax, and they win. They won the Super Bowl. So, as much as the, as bad as Aaron Rodgers has looked, you NFC North fans won't count Aaron Rodgers out. Good well, or it's bad, hard we because, it's hard to because you know the bottom line is, man. You know he he does he has a hail mary gift. <laughs> I mean, he, and, and you know. people say, can he do it? He did it twice in one season. Twice in you know, one season, hell marries. Come on now. Right. And so, um, so you know, when you also include that and in, in the fact that he's had some, you know, he's had great players around him, you know, I mean, listen, the truth is, Green Bay is very consistent. They haven't been as consistent the past few seasons. We know this. But for the most part, they're a very consistent team, and the, and the play is always there. Now, do they have the chance to to really do some damage tonight against uh, with Detroit playing the way they play? I really can't say because you know they just Detroit's playing good. I mean, wh- when you even look at the matchup, man, they give all everything is given to Detroit. Everything. I mean, you can go, but you, people, you all can still go on NFL dot com. And you can look at the, you know, they and they still have them. The only, the only place where they're even right now, from what I can see in the graph, is on third down conversion. And Green Bay only edges Detroit by point one, point one. Yeah, That's but it. third down conversion. If you win that, if you win that stat, you win the third down yeah. conversion battle. Man, it's it's gravy. You know, it, it's, it's you know, right. Then you know, it's, as bad it's, as it's being able to do that. Look. As bad as everything else might look, if you win that stat, you can you can win some games. <laughs> yeah, because you have. I mean, you know, and I know we're gonna get this to get to this later, but it's the same thing that happened with UNLV when they played Idaho Idaho last night. Being able to make those third, you know, get those third down conversions because that's how you keep the game going. That's how you keep the clock moving. That's how you give yourself a better chance to win. You know, if you do that, if you can't do that, man, it's a long day for you on the field. And, you know, it don't matter. It and, is. And, and don't let it be in bad weather. 
<laughs> oh gosh! But don't let it be hot. You know what I mean? Because uh, in those two circumstances, it's a long day on the field if you're not converting. You know, defensively, actually, ladies and gentlemen, they give the defensive edge to to Detroit. I they do give too. It to Detroit, you so, know what? I mean, so I, hey. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, Take you know, take note of the fact that you know right now because we've been talking about this the past two seasons. I know last year we talked a lot about Detroit. It's like every other show or every other week we were talking about them first. You know, we and we would have long conversations on them, and I think it's because you know we all noticed the changes that they were making and mm-hmm. the changes they've made for these past two seasons are definitely starting to show up now. And like Cass said, they are the sleeper team right now. They're not making a lot of noise. They're just quietly going along doing what they need to do. You know, so I I think that, you know, I mean, Garen Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, whatever that means to most people, you know, or or to whomever. But the bottom line is it's going to boil down to who who wanted the most today. And uh, if you go by stats and really look at it on paper, and look at how Detroit's been playing. I would definitely get an edge to them. I really would get an edge now. I'm definitely rolling with Detroit. Go ahead, go ahead. Put your analogy out. Which team are you going for? Which team are you not going for? Go no, ahead. It's just that as much. Come on, he broke Detroit down. He broke them down. No, as much as I want to. Not pick Green Bay. It's, I'm still not on Team Detroit yet. I'm still not going to ride with them until they. I do believe Detroit has proven that they're going to fly below the radar and they could quietly be in second or first place in the NFC North. But it is hard for me to tap out on Green Bay. It's hard for me to say that Green Bay is not whoa, good. Whoa, whoa, What's the name of the you, guy? He's, what? And he'll never, and he'll, oh, my goodness. He don't ever say they're still like Fran Stafford, Elizabeth. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, listen, he never says their name. You won't even say you called them the team to the north of us. You call them everything. He, he I will not name them. I will not. I will call them cheeseheads before I will call them their team name. That's still better than what you had been doing. I'm like I'm saying you were even saying Green Bay well, before. See, I couldn't say the team to the I'm north of us of because that's every team is north of Chicago. So uh, I, I, it's gonna come down to the team in the blue or the team in the green. And right about now, right. Uh, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing this as a good game. Is a better way of putting it. This, uh, everybody on Green Bay seems to be injured. I don't have faith in Detroit yet. I mm. still don't. I still don't. As much as everybody's getting better, um, they lost uh, their running back this week. Uh, Eric Ebron still looks good. Golden Tate is Golden Tate. I mean, Anquan Bolden looks good, and Matthew Stafford is consistent. They might win, but I won't be surprised at who wins this game. 
If I have to pick, if I have to pick, I might pick uh, Green Bay. Okay. okay. I can, uh, <laughs> you know, you, it, thank you for that. We we appreciate that. We know that this is how you felt the entire time that you had to say that. I know your heart was on its way out of its chest, and it's okay. You know, that happens. Considering you're a diehard bear, so I, will, I, I never I'm a Vikings fan, and I got a whole Green Bay issue. I got a Green Bay issue too, but reality is reality. I am actually going to pick the Lions. Uh, Mike, who are you rolling with? I'm rolling with the Lions today. <clears throat> so we're two to one again. So I was the loser last time. Okay, so um, we'll have to see. That game is coming on TV. I don't know who's gonna watch it, but you know. <laughs> Go to the Packers or something. Fans. People are watching. Oh well. Speaking of Packers fans, wait till later in the show. We are calling all Packers fans October twentieth. But we'll, we'll we'll let you know. Just stay tuned. So up next, our next matchup is a team that everyone the minute the news of Teddy Bridgewater going down in practice preseason severe knee injury, got to have surgery. It was bad. Everybody counted the Minnesota Vikings out. That's it. It's over. They were in Super Bowl conversation. No, there's no way. Mind you, you had yet to see a stellar. You've seen a good and above average Teddy Bridgewater. Then we saw in season two, we saw well, Bridge. We the, he was the quarterback. So we were waiting. Stellar, almost playing like a veteran Teddy Bridgewater, and he didn't have that shot. So they totally totally counted the Vikings out. Then the Vikings went and coughed up a lung, found some little singing children, and a bottle of Hennessy to give up to Sam Bradford. Nobody understood that, but I didn't quite understand it initially. I tell people that you kind of, when you look at what happened to RG3 and some switching teams, you almost have to be prepared for the worst. Everyone is not going to bounce back like Adrian Peterson, which is out again, and I'll speak on that in a moment. At the quarterback position, when you have stacked your team and you've built a team that honestly does have a good postseason run and you want to keep them in the conversation about the Super Bowl, you just aren't going to get a Band-Aid. Teddy Bridgewater has never had this type of injury. He's never been this hurt. You have to go get another quarterback as though they're going to have to fill in this position. And the reason about RG3 up is because it took them a minute to realize that they kept trying to bring him back. He at, oh, my God, was that 2013 when the coach put him on the field? And it was just, oh, horrible. Shouldn't, yeah, your knee shouldn't go that way. He wasn't ready. So, yeah, and that's because see, they, his knee went that way more than once. That was the problem. That was exactly. What made it and you, you, you can't do that. This is a very serious injury that you need to give Teddy time to rehab for. And you've got to go get someone he, who played with Adrian Peterson, who at one point had to carry a team on his back when he was the baby to the league, and he's got that fight in him, and he's willing to do what you just – you have to go get a security blanket and a Band-Aid. So while, yeah, we thought he gave up quite a bit, even NFL execs were like, what in the world is Rick Spillman doing in Minnesota? It's turning out in our favor. The Vikings are sitting at 2-0. and Sam, we started with Sean Hill, who's the backup, and thank God for the defense in that game. But Sam Bradford came out last weekend and showed his little behind and showed what he's capable of doing despite the fact that they couldn't get the ground game running with Adrian. And then Adrian suffered an injury, which turned out to be a torn meniscus. 
and y'all stop making jokes about they built this billion dollar stadium and forgot to put a card in there for Adrian. That's just how you <laughs> No, wait a minute. <laughs> see, stop with the jokes. But see the jokes, and what, what people don't know, and I'm going to defend Adrian on this one. He could the the, the trainers and everybody wanted Adrian to get on the cart. They wanted him to get on the cart, and Adrian turned down the cart. He said, I did not want to get carted off the field. I would rather be carried off the field because he felt like getting on the cart was a bad optic. Not realizing he, it was season. Optic. he felt that was like a, a mental season, and I'm I'm really hurt, and he didn't want to right. mentally he feel didn't want like to, that. He didn't want to leave the field on the cart. He would prefer to get it get it done. And for people talking about, well, he, why why are they walking through a restaurant? That's not the first time you've seen that Dallas has them walking through say, a restaurant. That was, yeah, I was saying that was not the first time. Right, Dallas Dallas had that as much as bad as it was in Dallas and how they were. They ended up having to build a uh, a plexiglass around it, looking like it was a hockey uh, hockey stadium because of the, how the people were, were reacting as they would enter into the field. So it is it is more fun for the fans, for them to have to walk through the fans. And Adrian didn't want that. But Sam Bradford stepped up his game. Sam Bradford did what everybody can do. Sam Bradford can stand in the pocket. But I said it on the, on the pre-show uh, meeting, the greatest thing about Sam Bradford is he will stand in the pocket and take the hit. The worst thing about Sam Bradford is he will stand in the pocket, stand in the pocket and, and take, take the hit. hit. <laughs> he is the greatest. The best thing about him is the worst thing about him. And the reason it's so bad about him, on other players, people say, okay, that's so great. But Sam Bradford keeps getting hit. And the offensive line better do something today because – I'll admit, during last week's game, as much as he was looking so great, I was cringing every time he got hit. He's going up against the Panthers today. If that offensive line does not protect him, Sam Bradford will not make it through today's game. And I think the offensive line will. I think I think the O-line will come through now that they understand what it is because what I do like about Sam Bradford, we haven't even talked about the Panthers yet because – just hold on, Panthers fans. What I do like about Sam Bradford is Sam Bradford is not afraid to use his wideouts and his tight end. We saw more production out of Kyle Rudolph than I've seen in the last season, season and a half. I know he's had some injuries, but still, Sam Bradford was using Kyle Rudolph. Sam Bradford was like, okay, we didn't get the ground game going. No problem. The run game was going slow. I'm going to air it out. Stephon Diggs looked amazing. Stephon Diggs was also one of the most fabulous go-to people for Teddy Bridgewater, and people didn't know how that would pan out when it came to switching quarterbacks because sometimes you lose that one-two punch connection. No drop-off. In fact, if Mike Watt was still on the team, he might be That's what I was just about I, to say. I'm, I'm just, Boy, I would I, we, love we to might have seen Mike Wallace on this team. I would love would have to have seen would have loved to see it. Um, secondary, when it comes to the secondary, couple, um, you know, Terrence Newman, happened, my boy, Terrence, um, <laughs> you know, got called for a couple, <laughs> got called for a couple penalties um, early, Man, early on he? in the game. But 
Dude. He's he's covering a lot of space, especially with Xavier see, Rose out. I really and I, and I don't mind, and I it's like I he, this is the one thing about you know taking the PIs and stuff like that. I I had I had I was prone to having when I was in high school, um, but I'm not knocking the DB who gets a PI if the, if the effort is there. Yeah, he was. I mean, he And you got to do, and you working, and you getting it in. And at one point, I expect you to be like, "Man, come here." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dog. <laughs> you know, can't let you I'll have that. And you might hold. Right. I'll take a, a, right. a PI instead of a touchdown. Oh, <laughs> like, I give you the so uh, right as of right first now. Down. Right, right, but you won't catch this ball in this end zone. I'm just saying. Exactly, you ain't right. right. Exactly. You gonna be y'all either kicking a field goal, and you still gonna have to work. <laughs> I will um, take so, you out. <laughs> Xavier Rose is still listed as a little bit questionable even right now. I'm hoping to see him. I would love to see him play because with Xavier out there with Terrence with Captain Marlin, uh it, it it just. That just makes uh, see that second you you, you don't understand how much Cass it. has to say this because Cass loves calling Xavier Rose the X Man and X Man not being on the field. She really has been an Xavier I'm Rose a fan. I am, and he knows that. <laughs> and I, I and watching Xavier field. Rose has been a has been a pleasure for her, and I him not him being out the there field. taking it away. That's my feeling. I I love him. That's just, but there's another person who, you know what I've, you know you're a football fan. Sometimes it drives you to drink, even drink stuff that you wouldn't normally drink because you just have to make sure what you're saying is right. And the whole thing last week, I kept saying, if Trey Wayne's would just turn the heck around, he would pick <laughs> off all Jordy Nelson's ball. I said this. I went on. Oh, man. Like, oh, oh, my man. God. That game. He's running oh, with him. All he has to do is turn around. I'm glad he figured that out at the last play of the game, but imagine how many picks that could have been. He was he right there. Had, he would have just been voted all pro just off that game if he'd have turned around oh, yeah. two or three times. He, he could oh, have, he have set the record. He, would, he could have set the record on interceptions if he'd have turned around. A few times. Jordy didn't he pull an OBJ once. Jordy was like, run with me, run with me, run with me. Okay, I'm going to stop turning. I'm gonna... Dude, you know the ball coming. Turn around. Like, they had to have told him that on the sidelines. Like, they had to, that had to have been a chance because I wasn't there. That had to have been a chance because he finally turned around. And what did he get? The ball. Oh, my God. Look what could have happened. Like, and listen to three, how excited she is. I was not no that's sarcasm because that Jordy Nelson didn't make it. Jordy Nelson wasn't running like these amazing OBJ slant routes like I'm gonna jump over your head with one leg and catch it like I'm OJ Simpson. Like no, he didn't do any of that. <laughs> he didn't do any of that. Uh, and I she threw an OJ Simpson reference in there on happen. y'all. Happen. Um, it, it, he didn't do anything spectacular, and I do appreciate that Trey stuck with him, but it was like. You allowed him to catch the ball, dude. That means they still marching down the field. I don't understand. He, his, what is going on? So hopefully today, <laughs> today, um, I have to look at the matchups and please match up again. Maybe he can win the battle. Kudos to the defense because now the defense, in their mind, they're ready to pick somebody off. So I need them to land yeah. on something. Just, just land on it. Just land just on the ball. 
I pray for uh, Trey Wayne that he's not he's not lined up against Kelvin Benjamin. I'm I'm about to look I, now. I just pray he's not lining up against Kelvin Benjamin. Because the difference between Jordy Nelson and Kelvin Benjamin, Kelvin Benjamin is built well, like a Mack truck. But that's what I was saying. Jordy Nelson didn't give any of that element of surprise. He was like, I'm running this way, I'm running this way. This way Aaron going to throw it. I'm going to turn around right here. Kelvin is a little bit different. Kelvin, Kelvin is, Benjamin is, a is huge. He is huge. He's been, Kelvin Benjamin is built like uh, Calvin Johnson. Hmm. He, they're they're huge, and the thing about Calvin Johnson, what was so great about him, he could run a route, but he didn't have to. He could tell you where he was going, go right there, and he was big enough to take the ball away from you. That's the thing. I have that, to see who, and I'm looking at the matchup now. I'm really looking to see who is matched up against who when it comes to this, only because. That's what's so key when it comes to playing against the Panthers. You have a really – Cam, is his his height, his weight, his agility and flexibility alone are you – no, know, he's not Michael Vick, but at the same time, Cam will get open for the slide. Cam will run, get his own first down if no one's open. He has a great arm. He makes pretty good decisions, not great at all times, but really good decisions. But the, the fact that he makes decisions – and he's communicated with his players, they're always there to bail him out, even if it's just a check down. So that chemistry that they have is honestly what the Vikings have to go in and chop up. Once you get in any, any sport, once you get in your opposition's head, it becomes a different game. Then it allows you to control the game. It allows you to force, you know, to create less penalties because they're going to create more penalties because they want to get back in the game. This is them. We were at the Super Bowl. How y'all going to come in here? Y'all ain't even got Teddy Bridgewater. Where is he at? Like, you know, they're going to get in there. The Vikings have to really go in there and take control of this. And if nothing else, just keep stopping Cam. Plant Cam as many times as you can plant Cam. We saw what happened in week one when Cam got planted. If that's what you got to do, Everson Griffin, y'all, Limbaugh, just, come on, man. We Stop Cam. And that really shuts a lot of that game down. Without Cam, that that that's I agree because he 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 makes he makes a lot of it possible because of his mobility. If it, exactly. you know, if, he, if he didn't have that as a weapon, then you know you it it would be a totally different team that you would see. He would be doing like Sam Rafford, staying you know stay in the pocket a lot longer. And but, but Cam week has one showed if, head, you, if so. you if you get at Cam if you can get at Cam mm-hmm. it is what it is now it no doubt um, when you look at the stats and and the matchups so just going stats wise and not man to man everything is in favor of course it's going to be I mean it went to the Super Bowl so of course the Panthers are going to have the advantage as of right now total yards per game they have a huge advantage over the Vikings, um, passing yards per game, not so much. Um, they're not neck and neck, but the Vikings are definitely on their heel. But rush yards per game, that's going to be hard. That's, that's going to be hard because the Panthers do still have their ground game. Right now with Adrian out, um, Jarek McKinnon and Asiata, Matt Asiata are going to split 
time at the back position, but it's still not an Adrian. And I honestly believe Adrian was ready to get open last game, and he would have definitely been ready for this one. We're going to give Adrian time to heal, though. Adrian um, opted to take the repair surgery. He's out of surgery. Surgery went well. We will see him mid-November. We're expecting or predicting around Thanksgiving as he goes through his rehabilitation process. And that was hard to see because you knew he was about to get open. He was finally starting to push the defense, and he, he you know, it was about to happen. So that was unfortunate. <laughs> but yeah, you can definitely tell back. about it. You can definitely tell by the way the way he was playing and the way the you know the he line was, was he blocking was about to, yeah. those runs. Was, yeah. He was getting he, he, he was, was slowly to get getting open. more yardage each for each run. He was they pushing. Were a he hard was pushing time the line. Him. So you know it's unfortunate. He, you know he's had to have surgery and another surgery actually, and you know for him to be out and not be a part of the team. And, and I definitely agree with you. You know they they're going to definitely have to step up and fill those roles, they fill do. his role. And it's bad you got two people. It takes two people to fill one person's role, people. And they also did go get another um, running back who, of course, he's not going to start. You know he's like Sam Bradford. He's got to learn some things. But right. you know they they got number three. Like they've got to do what they've got to do to fill that position. And on some teams it's going to work because you don't exactly know what to prepare for. We watch teams, people complain about Adrian, but like we said earlier, when you have to use like 90% of your defense to stop this dude, I hear y'all whining no, wait, 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 wait. and stuff. Say it like I say it. When you stack 19 men in a box for one person. Well, you were being generous with 19. I've actually seen whole defense collapse on my man. Like, no, they oh, you said every whole part of his body and landed whole on. I said 90%. Would be 11. They, they got people coming off the bench in the middle of the play so, to, stop, to stop Adrian Peterson. Right. They He can't run up the middle, down the side, call his mama. They won't let him do nothing. So and They got coaches so they don't know. Right. They don't know what to prepare for. I mean, of course, there is film on Derek McKinnon, Matt Asciata, um, but they don't – this is a little different. So they probably don't even have faith in the run game. So hopefully those two backs can take advantage of it. So, uh, but if the I'm going to need somebody's, uh, I'm gonna need somebody's yeah. uh, direct TV yeah. or Sunday ticket code today because I want to watch that game. Uh, so any fan that, any fan that wants to pick up the phone to send me their DirecTV or NFL Sunday ticket code, help me out here. I'm going to just give it's my gonna code be a good game. Here you go. The defense, though, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, the defense is crapping on the Panthers when it comes down to third down conversion allowed. So... That was a problem a few years ago for the Vikings. We didn't even want to see another team get a third down because we knew it was a wrap. We're going to punt the ball. Oh, North okay. Turner um, impressed me a little bit. Yes, that's a lot for me to say. I know y'all love him. I love Mike Zimmer, but I got North Turner. Maybe it's an Illinois thing. I don't know. But he did make some pretty key adjustments. Um, I think the one thing he just wanted to see is if they could get the ground game going, but they did use Adrian a little differently in a few plays, which helps. So Norv is, is, is working his little time parts off to try to get the team to live up to dimensions that they're getting from commentators and analysts about possible Super Bowl conversation. Um, the question came up, would they be better than the Cowboys? 
I don't even know why that was a. It should be a question <laughs> right now. Dak, <laughs> we earlier. I can't front on Dak Prescott, but then you got the rest of the team. I have a question for oh. our resident Vikings fan. Yes, sir. Um, why hasn't uh, the Vikings cut Blair Wolves and signed Robbie Gold yet? I don't know. That's not even discussion right now from them. I don't know if it's something that's being kept under wraps. I don't know if they'll be But Blair Walsh can't we, kick the ball no more. He can't but kick then the Blair Walsh kicked the ball last week. See, it's weird because he's he kicked one last and, week. He kicked one. He kicked not one ball last week. He was not. Those PATs exactly don't know count. That they do when you got a fantasy. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> it, it, okay. Maybe, I want to know the stat on how many people own Blair Walsh in their fantasy league. I want to know that. I stat. own Blair Walsh. I won't get rid of him yet. Oh, I won't get rid of him okay. yet because nothing else gives me the that W. Fandom or that fantasy, fantasy no, numbers. No, nothing else. If yeah, that's yeah. Give me the W. Points. It's points, man. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's no, that's, that's, it's not. That's, that's, granted, he, that's that. that no, was, no, no. Before the season, I can understand. Those. Before the season, I can understand how many people might want to roll with Blair Walsh because leading into the playoffs last season, he wasn't doing that bad. Leading into the play, he it was when the playoffs hit that he did bad. So I'm not gonna say leading into that that I didn't understand picking him up before this uh, um, fantasy started. But after game one, I'm willing to bet a ton of people dropped him after game one. I wouldn't be surprised. One, right. It's not, it's, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here talking about just hating on Blair Walsh for the sake of hating on Blair Walsh. That, that's oh, well, you're fun. like the only one, but okay. No, uh, no, that's fun. So let me finish my <laughs> no. That's fun. That's I'm fun. I'm not going to lie, it's fun to hate on Blair Walsh. But if you were to look at game one and game two, do, are you telling me that you feel like in game two he he uh, he redeemed himself? Or you, no. or do you are you, no. or, or are you saying that he just survived game two? Right. I didn't say he redeemed anything. I just don't, you know, he, he kicked it, he good. Personally, let, let's think about it. That was, you know, dude went out and did whatever that was in game one. Still won. <laughs> game two, if they were trying to evaluate Blair Walsh, they got hit with a bigger situation than Blair Walsh and Adrian Peterson. And my man, they won, and he kicked the ball through the upper. Okay, well, let's just make it to week three, and then we'll worry about it. Okay. Then they had okay, something see, else I can to roll with that thought. I can roll with that thought. Because I was just wondering, because – if you want to say that Adrian Peterson is a bigger issue right now and we ain't got time to worry about that, I can roll with that. I mean, he definitely is. I mean, you know, that's the face of the team. And, and so, I mean, that's 10 years. This man has a decade on his back. He, if, if Sam he has Rapp a decade on his back. Like he did uh, last week, he, that, he, that is the face of the team is going to turn to was the face of the team. <laughs> No, they with Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, they still want Teddy Bridgewater to be the face? No, what I'm saying is, dude, just don't worry about it. Just as long as Blair Walsh not the face of the team. That's 
I had not him. Lost conversation. You you said not just him. Was not him. Not him. That's not at him. all. Well, you know, I, you know, y'all see how Cash feel about Blair. I mean, granted, yeah. last trust me, ladies and gentlemen, after last season, we were all kind of like, what is going on with dude? Uh, last season, I, I, week I, one, I, week one was hilarious. Watching Cass and Blair Walsh was there. missing the kick after kick after oh, yeah. kick in yeah. week one. That was you know. hilarious. So you know, that I mean, hilarious. it's like she's just hoping his drought ends soon, or they find somebody else who can end his drought for him. So I can't blame her. I definitely understand it. <laughs> I can blame her because I believe, even as a Bears fan, I would hate to see Robbie Gold again. But there's no way you're going to tell me that Blair Walsh is better than Robbie Gold, even after getting cut. No, no one's going to tell me that? that. Nobody sober would tell you that. <laughs> Period. Exactly. So now they're going up against Carolina. We we said our piece on Carolina because it's not. I mean, we've seen Carolina. You know, the Kelvin. And we we we've seen them. We know we know what's going down. So. I am going to stick with my Vikings, and only because I have seen my Vikings pull out miracles. It's like they see little baby Jesus on the field or something. They have pulled out miracles. I have seen it. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with them. <laughs> um, the reality of it is that most people are going to pick Carolina because numbers-wise, real life-wise, I'm rolling with those most that's people. That's a sure bet. Hey, I'm going with those I most it. people. And that's and it's not even just because... Though. It's not even just because I want to pick against the Vikings. It's that I'm a, I'm truly afraid for Sam Bradford. I am afraid for Sam Bradford. I'm not. I don't know. Oh like, man, why? You think the defense is gonna be get at him like that? I, one, I think the defense is that good. But even without them being that good, I think that the Vikings' offensive line is that bad. So, so you I, haven't seen the Bears or the Packers lately? Oh no, I've seen the Bears and the Packers. No. Those lines are just worse. I no, I agree. The Bears and the Packers line is worse. But yes, the only thing that saying, I had an I issue with their line they need with to protect is, him. I pray they protect him. They, they he needs a running him. game more than anybody. But he's not a stand in the quarterback. Stand in the quarterback. Stand in the pocket quarterback. Like, he will move. He moves. You know how to move. Sam Bradford yeah. will move around behind the line of scrimmage. Well, what not... did Teddy Bridgewater do? <laughs> right. So like Sam I said, move. the Sam way. Will be like, oh, them guys are running at me. Like, are you going to tell me You got to take Sam down. Sam will but move. See, and Sam has Sam figured out Bradford a little quick release. The amount of hits he took last week, even with getting rid of the ball, he took some hits. I'm afraid yeah, he, he did. Should have. Hit. He should have. I mean, but you know, it's football, man. He gonna get hit. Right. <laughs> oh no, I ain't got That's no problem part, I mean, with him getting hit. You know, I mean, I, honestly, I, I know where you're coming from. But because, let's, you know, but, in, but, indicative but of his on, past. Yeah. That's been, you know, that's been what's, well, hold on, let me, you know, let me kept, stop kept you. Him hurt. How did the O line know how to move with him yet? They didn't. Exactly. So now they've got one game in. Some real practices in. They've looked at them, and I'm like, oh, okay. I hear that fandom coming out. That fandom is no, seeping out of her skin. I hear that. I have to sit there and watch video with them as well. And the reality of it is if I wanted to be a fan, I probably wouldn't even know half of this. But they have never they hadn't worked with him in a real-life situation. They just went and got the dude. 
They get exactly. better protecting Sean Hill. So they were trying, and at the same time, they still trying to make a hole for AP. Like, it was a lot going on. It was like, which way is Sam going? He went left. Oh, crap. Okay. By the time we go left to protect him, he's down. They going to work out. But Listen Sam also learned something. That fandom is there. It is really Sam there. Sam also that learned something. Sam pulled a let me hold this ball too long on one play, and they got to him. The next ball play, he, he dropped back. ball was out of his hand. But the ball was out of his hand for about 20, 30 yards and, and completions. So I like how he reacted. He'll figure it and then they're going up against Carolina. Like, I would be crazy to sit there and be like, Sam Bradford's not going to get sacked today. Like, that would be awful. That would be a fan. Like, running around my house like, they thank Sam. Like, that would be a fan. I get it. They're playing the Panthers. Like, the O-line now knows what they need to do is playing with him and making the adjustments. So, both of you all are rolling with Carolina. Whoa. Um, let's take a moment of silence. I'm sorry. Martin's, I have to cut um, this off. Jose. No, Jose Fernandez, Jose Fernandez uh, pitcher for the Miami Marlins, died in a boating accident. Um, he did not. I actually have that oh, toward the end of the show to play. I actually um, got a snippet of what actually happened. I was definitely going to do a moment of silence. It was pretty oh, sad. Uh, it yeah. is coming across my. It's coming across three of my screens right now, so that's why. Yeah, it's, it's a few hours. Yeah, it broke right before we did our morning. <laughs> yeah, I saw that this morning a little bit earlier. Earlier, and I'm like, you know, it. But you it was pretty to, sad. You really have to appreciate every moment you get, and every moment you and have. And he was awesome. The best of, yeah, whether you were Marlins yeah, fan or not, yeah. he was awesome. He, Miami he was Marlins, awesome. He was one of the bright spots the Marlins have. He he was. I, I hated to see that, and definitely from our staff here, football fans radio, we send condolences to all of his friends, family, and teammates, and all of his fans because that was that was so so hard to swallow. <laughs> so now. I'll give you guys the floor for a little bit of NC AA football where it really goes down, where the fans really paint their face and run around on the field and just get all into it and scream in the cameras. And it's the if you've never been to a college football game, please go find a university with a football team and just bring some Enjoy beer yourself. and have just a soak ball. it in. Just Enjoy so yourself. It is truly so an atmosphere all its own, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, and, and, you know, even from say, the, from the span, from the fans' point and from the you know player perspective, it's it's a trip. It's true. I've a big been trip. to games. <laughs> I've been to games at the big house. I've been to games at school that only had twenty five hundred students. It is an experience at both schools. I don't care how if you got a big stadium, small stadium. College football is an experience. I mean, they just had the Circle City Classic this weekend between Kentucky State and Central State. It's an experience. We're going to have the annual excellent game between Alabama and uh, LSU. We're going to have Michigan State, Ohio State coming up later in the season. If you ever get a chance to go with one of those games, Take me with you, because I would love to see them too. But college football, oh, my gosh. There's a few coaches that might have uh, virtually gotten fired yesterday. 
college football. Um, football. <laughs> In the mortal words of Goldie Hawn, football. He's so funny. It, it, yes, it, ladies and yes. gentlemen, it, it was definitely a great day. Yeah, uh, I thought we were going to get well, that on the show. Well, I won't say great. We got to get that on the show. I want, yeah, we do. I'm going to have to find that clip. I want to say great. You know, it was, it, was, it was a so-so day. The first two weeks, obviously, a lot more exciting, especially last week with all, you know, the, the great wins across the board and, you know, the, the games that that occurred and the, just the energy involved. This week's kind of like, ah. Okay, so who's playing who and who who won? And, you know, obviously, I'm number one Alabama beat Kent State 48-0. Big surprise. They're supposed to win that game. You know, and that's what we were talking about. This week was about games that should have been won and most likely were won. And any of those that were close were kind of like, shouldn't have been close. (laughs) When you really think about it. Shouldn't have been close. Just shouldn't have been close, you know. So of the top twenty-five teams that played yesterday, obviously, like I just said, Alabama beat Kent State forty-eight to nothing. Um, Louisville, number three, defeated Marshall fifty-nine twenty-eight. Louisville's on a huge scoring run, man. That last week against Florida State, I like you guys, but Jackson. you know, Lamar but um, <laughs> they they doing it right now, and you know, I mean, took it. I know how long this run will last. Who knows? You know, Louisville did win the national championship a few years back. So, you know, it's not really far-fetched for them to be in the same position again and, you know, playing at that caliber and, uh, and with, the same, with this intensity they've got so far. But with Bobby Petrino uh, mixed with Lamar Jackson, that is a that is a lethal that is a lethal combination. Bobby Petrino. I mean, go ahead. Petrino, when they, when they fired him from Arkansas, Arkansas fans are sitting there thinking, "What are you? What were you thinking right about now?" Bobby Petrino is an offensive guru, and LSU fans are sitting there thinking, "How come we didn't hire him instead of Les Miles?" Uh. <laughs> See what had happened was Louisville got him. Louisville was smart enough to let go of their. I mean, uh, to uh, to 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 expand their coaching search to a real search. Les Miles is just being stubborn. He won't hire an offensive coordinator because he believes he's the offensive coordinator. Louisville is is going to be in a. In the, I'm saying it right now. Louisville is going to be in the college football playoffs. I'm saying it right now. I, you know what? I'm gonna ride with you on that. I'm saying that. it right now. They're gonna be in the college football playoff. But to yeah, me, the two, the game, the two games that were the 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 shockers. His Big Ten game, Wisconsin over Michigan State. It's not mm. really a shocker to, for Wisconsin to win against Michigan State. There's only three three rankings uh, between them. Wisconsin was ranked 11 and Michigan State was ranked 8. But Wisconsin destroyed Michigan State. They destroyed them 30-6. to six. Everything that Michigan State does good, Wisconsin did better yesterday. Thirty to six. You know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's like you know, Wisconsin. 
Wisconsin, yeah, they're they dropped down to their number eight. So after, well, they're number no, eight. They, as of the new rankings yesterday. haven't come out yet. They haven't they come haven't out yet. Come. Right. We got forty-five minutes until we see those. But when it, you know, when you look at it from the standpoint of um, just how how dominant they were for that game, man, it's, especially for the third quarter, they, you know, seventeen points, no answers for the second half at all for Michigan State. Only, I mean, six points. Then we scored three, you know, three um, field goals, two field goals. So that says a lot about how Michigan played them, a lot about how the intensity of the game, you know, and, and where Wisconsin wants to definitely make a statement that, yeah, you might be number eight, but not today, buddy. You're going to drop a little bit more. We're going to move up. So I'm definitely, I mean, you know, I, my boy went to Wisconsin, so I guess I'm impartial. A little bias here, but I'm glad they pulled it out over Michigan State. Uh, number four, Michigan demolished Penn State, 49 to 10. Uh, I guess that's to be expected. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, two and two, and and we we all know that the past couple of years that Penn State's been in the news, you know, for just you know we all know. So no sense in bringing hash rehashing it all. But, you know, they're still rebuilding and getting back on their feet. However, Michigan doesn't really care, and they're 4-0 right now in the Big Ten. And Demolis is down 49-10. And I really can't be mad at them. Hey, if you step on the field, man, this is what it's about. It's about whether or not you can hang with the big boys. And that day they just couldn't. Uh, Florida State, who who was number two last week, dropped down number 13 and played – Against South Florida and won fifty five thirty five. Twenty points there. It's South Florida. It's Florida State. I don't know if they're ever, you know, if they're ever going to jump back up into the top five or to the top four or what's what's going to happen with them by playoff time. But that that loss to Louisville last year, last week, sorry, was was just a major devastating point to them in the rankings. And you know, what can you say, man? It's like. That's that's a, that's a huge drop. I wouldn't even expect them to drop that far, but that's where they're ranked at right now. Um, number six, Houston. I'm just all over the board right now, ladies and gentlemen. So it really doesn't matter. Number six, Houston beats Texas State 64 to three. Obviously, they should have won that as they are three and zero, and Texas State is one and one. Stanford beats UCLA 22 13, uh, and <laughs> UCLA just beat UNLV last week. So. Go figure. There you go. Um, number nine, Washington played Arizona, and they won 35 to 28. Number 10, Texas A&M cancels out. Number 17, Arkansas, 45 to 24. And then you have Mississippi take on Georgia and smash them, 45 to 14. Man, I'm. High, I, my uh, my son asked me uh, last week. He said, Dad, why I liked all the high the the college games always so high scoring and the um, you know NFL games aren't. I say it's just a different type of play, you know, and there are different rules. So, and on top of that, if you're not playing, you know, playing a good team and you happen to be a better team, there's more opportunity for you to score because the other team just happens to not be as good. You know, it's not as balanced as it is across the NFL when it comes to NCAA and the schedules. We all know that, you know, um, because you have some of the, some of the smaller schools playing bigger schools, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, as far as it goes, yesterday I think the most interesting game was, was Auburn over LSU, eighteen to thirteen. No, 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 um, no. As far I would say, the most interesting game it was a bigger score differential was Tennessee mm-hmm. over Florida. Tennessee had not beaten Florida since two thousand and four, 
and they came in with a chip on their shoulders. And they sure did, being 38-28, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, you know what? For the, for Just for the significance of that alone, you know, and the point that, they, that it's been that many years, I'll go with you on that. I'll ride with you on that as being the most interesting and probably the most, you know, significant game of, of the weekend, um, seeing as how everything else is pretty much as as expected. You know, Ohio State didn't play yesterday, I don't believe. Um, I think they're on their bye week. I have to check and no, they, sure. they didn't play yesterday. Ohio State didn't play yesterday, and Illinois didn't play yesterday. They both play their first uh, Big Ten games next week on 10-1. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that's the wrap-up of the Top 25, ladies and gentlemen. If you watched the games yesterday, have any input, y'all definitely, definitely let us know what's going on. And, you know, with your team, who your team is, uh, who you rolling with for next week, uh, who you rolling with for the playoffs. And, you know, let's get some interesting conversation from you all on this college football thing. You know, we do talk NFL on Sunday with the NFC North, but we'd love to hear what your, what your take is on college ball. And, and you know, if you, even if you have some high school that you're checking out, um, obviously they are the future that feeds into the NFL. So, you know, we have to keep notice of them too and what's going on with them. In a few moments, few moments I'll let you know we're going to have a, an interview coming up um, with some very, very special guests who are doing some great things as far as recruiting for coaches um, and players alike. So you all need to stay that's tuned and check that out. That. You know, I think it, you'll so, find it very interesting and helpful, especially if you are working for a team who is looking for talent, you know, in either of those respective um, employment well, we areas or in fact, the name of the company is Love for Sports. So when I um, got the chance to work with Love for Sports, what the th- what it actually is, is it's a premier sports po- portal, and it's to centralize athletes' promotion and exposure to their profile, statistics, highlights, role relationships, the fan base, make it easier for the transition from everything from peewee leagues to professional ranks. It includes not just athletes, but it also includes coaches. It's the technology, though. Like, I know there are tons of other virtual recruiting aspects. You've got Huddle. You've got My Recruit Board. This is very, very different. It actually follows a player development life cycle. And, of course, we will have (laughs) – one of the founders of L4S on the line in just a moment to just explain what that means. Um, They're not just tackling one sport. A lot of recruit boards also focus on one specific sport. They're also not fixating on one gender. They are also capitalizing on the fact that the female athlete game is amazing, especially now that females are playing football, both tackle, Legends Football League, um, volleyball, spa, they're getting coaching positions. Heck, there's even more talk of more women coaches in the NFL. So without further ado, I'd like to give him a fair intro. So we are now bringing on Mr. Levi Baker, one of the heads and founders of Love for Sports, better known as L4S. Good morning down in Atlanta, Mr. Baker. Good morning, and thank you for the wonderful introduction. I appreciate that. Um, The Sports Talk Radio is phenomenal, so I thank you very much for the wonderful introduction. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So I know a couple people have a few questions. So we want to start with just you giving us a little background on how Love for Sports came about. How did the idea of you transforming what was already out there go from just an idea to an actual virtual company? Uh, it is my – the reason why we call it Love for Sports is because it's my love for sports being uh, a former – uh, athlete, football player, and professional football player allowed me the opportunity to give back to my passion, which is football, but also um, the other thing that I am involved in in the cybersecurity uh, space is the technology field. So merging those two together, I felt would be beneficial to love for sports and then giving back to my community. Uh, I thought would really be beneficial here because we are uh, so intertwined into the into the social media and the, the cyberspace, the internet. It draws us closer together. So I figured uh, technology, sports, data analytics, all those things coming together under the love for sports umbrella would be fantastic. Question is because. There are so many competitors. Everyone wants to know how is your virtual recruiting portal going to be different? And there's one thing that I did mention, the, the player, um, the life cycle. So kind of explain that to people and what makes this different and just go get some stats, look at a few videos, and decide whether or not you want to recruit this player. Explain the difference that L4S is going to have. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for that question. Uh, when you when you look at it, you know, sports is now reaching down, as you said earlier, to the Pee Wee League. So you're starting, especially here in the South, you're starting at uh, generally six or seven years old, as early as six or seven years old. So when you find out that those club teams, those communities, those travel teams, those soccer teams, you find out they start very early. And so I think the thing that separates or that will separate love for sports from any other uh, portal is the player development life cycle where you'll see a year a year over year statistical range and the growth in an individual which means that now it assists in the recruiting of that individual and now it brings together the community so now what we're doing is we're partnering with trainers and schools to help you year above year uh, you know that schools are now starting to recruit a little bit, um, even high schools and middle schools. So it allows an opportunity not only for a video, but you get to see uh, real-time stats, the data analytics behind it, which is uh, such a growing tool. And now you get a chance to, to look at the player development life cycle. So you see height, weight, growth, and then the statistics in their perspective sports. And so, like you said, not only for the male, but also the female. So I think love for sports bring that other added element um, to this space, along with the other side, which is uh, what we call fandomonium, which is the, the entertainment side of the house, where it also allows the fans to come in and be able to be a participant with love for sports. And hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that a little later. With, so with Love for Sports growing and the platform, the layout is amazing. Um, it will go live very soon. So super interactive how you can do everything. And the fact that to show fandom on it, which is cool because that just may boost the player, not trying to create bias, but there just may be some little school in Wheat, Illinois, somewhere that no one's ever heard of that has this outstanding player that as his, his, he or 
TSU fans log into the site, there's like an individual chat room where fans can and parents and everyone can kind of hype up the players to at least get the players some notice, which is something that other recruiting boards don't do. What are some other key points that L4S will be putting out as it grows? Like we, we see how you are going to start, but what does L4S want to grow into to be the top virtual recruitment porter? portal? Oh, oh my word today. Um, above all the other competition. Wow, that's that's amazing. That's an amazing question. Well, when you look at it, um, the Fandemonium page allows the fans to be interactive. So, like you said, if, if there's a smaller school that would, would love engagement and notoriety, it allows the fans to be able to submit uh, that school or that individual um, in here. And what we what we do is we do like a a player of the week or a team of the week or a school of the week. So it brings that competitive fire. Um, to L4S, and it lets the fans kind of decide on who is the team slash player of the week. And I think uh, with fan involvement, and and when you start talking about fan, you know that's short for fanatic. And so everybody loves their team, whether it's the Chicago Bears, Dallas Cowboys, it could be a high school in, in Atlanta, it could be a high school in Massachusetts. So whatever it is, uh, L4S is open to that and growing and building a community, an interactive community, and so that it, we bring each individual closer together. So I think that, that when you look at that and trying to grow to the next level and provide uh, networking opportunities and building relationships with colleges, college coaches, to have the opportunity to be able to see some of the um, lesser-known uh, individuals to be able to gain scholarships and, and not have to necessarily pay for um, college education because we know that that cost continues to rise mm-hmm. year after year. So we're looking at that as a mutual benefit. And then um, the one thing that I did want to add to that, because I've been talking to you guys for a while, the school of the week and, and the camaraderie when they put two schools up against one another, unlike a lot of recruitment sites where it's very D1 heavy, very big name school heavy, a few standout D2s, we are going across the board. Whatever school is drawing out that hat from D3 to being in a, in a town of 36 people, that will be the school that's featured. So L4S is doing what they can to try to get athletes from all walks of life, all genres, and, yes, all cities, um, to be noticed for better recruitment purposes. And I, I think it's pretty cool. What do you guys think? Well, as I'm, you know, Bernard. Well, as I'm sitting here listening to the aspects and the stats and the tools that players can can benefit from and coaches and, and different institutions can benefit from, I have a different uh, outlook on it. My nephew uh, is a nationally known uh, baseball player. He he has been playing baseball since he was a uh, could could pick up a bat. And one of the things that I was learning in the pre-show meeting about your your show, you all are start your 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 company. You all are starting with football, and you all plan to expand outside of football. And I personally know about the Game Changer app. 
It is very social for fans of little league teams, high school teams, and what have you. But it also is a, a tool that coaches, they don't have to just sit there and write down in those paper books. They can put the stats of the players onto their iPads or their phones during the games, and the fans can interact with that in real time along with uh, coaches having to that around the country. And we get to follow these teams for fall ball and summer league play and different things like that. What My question to you guys is when you all expand outside of football and you all are doing things like soccer and volleyball and what have you, what is going to be your approach when different different worlds already have what they use. I appreciate that. Thank you for the question and thank you for the analysis. Um, of course, the, the, the app space is crowded with these things. And so L4S is also instituting um, um, a part of and dedicating a part of the website to those club teams that um, that are playing at different places and for the parents, like whether the game is rained out or what's going on, where we're meeting and those things. And so eventually down the line, what we want to do is be able to have an app in that space so that there's, there's real time and um, things of that nature. And so, like you said, the Game Changer app is probably a game changer. And so just like the NFL, sometimes you follow – what's been successful, and then you modify a little bit. So we'll take a look at that and see how we can benefit from that and take it to the next level. So uh, I appreciate that. Cool, cool, cool. Well, you know, obviously everyone on the the phone right now or everyone on the show right now is, you know, we're all athletes or former athletes. Um, I play football. I don't play anymore, obviously. But – the recruiting process when I was in school was left more up to, you know, coaches sending out tape or, you know, this coach will find out about you and come and they drag you out of class and, you know, you go in there and sit down and do a little interview with them, et cetera. Nowadays it's so electronically based, you know, how do you all plan upon getting, you know, getting player information and, coaches coach information how do you plan on getting all of these people to your website and getting them to believe in the power of your product and that it can actually be the tool that you are created to be well of course we we also not only the website but we also have a facebook and a twitter page as well and so we keep mm-hmm. up like that and, and we do announcements and then we also do uh forums or we have challenges or we have conversations to build around that and what you do it's hopefully that you push those individuals toward the website so they can see a deeper depth of what's going on. And not only that, then you have your, what we call our street team, is that we're out in the communities talking to these individuals. And when we say um, building a community, that means you still have to, although it's electronically based, you still have to push your mic and mic together. That means your one-two. That means your feet. So you have to get out here mm-hmm. and subscribe. You have to talk. You have to not only talk to parents, but you also have to talk to schools. And so you're building that community. So that's what we have. We have a street team that's out here building the buzzwords, along with the social media aspect of it. So we're out here on the ground hitting the pavement. 
Cool. And then another thing, cool. too, just in, I don't know if it went over you guys' heads, you are talking to a former athlete. So he's been through the old school and the new school way oh, yeah, of being recruited in football. So he's played. So he, he wants to revolutionize. Um, he wants to bring the good and expand on the good that's going on with, some, as you even mentioned, Renard, some very good recruitment boards as well as incorporate that into some weird areas. We know for a fact that Illinois recruitment, virtual recruitment is, well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> right, but then you, you exactly pull up California, that. you pull up Texas, you pull up Florida, and it's almost like these kids have had NFL stats since they were five in the Pee Wee League. So he's trying to take that across the board pull all the good and expound on the good as well as incorporate things that they're trying to do so you can really, really grow with your player, not just, you know, the, having the upper hand in Little League, just across the board. So I think it's pretty darn cool. Do you guys have any other questions? Even if it's, you know, you know, y'all can well, ask let's say the team who thinks he's going to win today. So, so I want to know, the, I want to repeat the website so that fans can look it up again while they're listening. It is Love for Sports, that's L-U-V, the number four, sports.com. So loveforsports.com. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I definitely encourage you, if you have an athlete as a child or if you are an athlete and, you know, out of, high, out of college and out of high school and looking for a place to be recruited and need somewhere where people can see your stats and see your game film and, you know, follow you and get to know you, Definitely, definitely take advantage of this. Don't just use one source. Use every resource available because the point is for you to get to get yourself seen. You know, so you definitely now want I've to got do a, this. I got, I got something to throw in because it seems like uh, the counterpart from L4S was actually able to join. Are you there? Is he there? Hello. Um, John Baker. There he is. That's John Baker. So that is also another <laughs> – Major counterpart, um, Levi was able to give us his explanation of how great this is going to be from an athlete standpoint. John is amazing when it comes to the business standpoint. So some of the questions that you guys had earlier, he can even break down from his side. So, John Baker, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. And, of Thanks. course, we heard what Levi had to say. What would you like to add to how L4S is growing and the future of L4S? I think L4S is going to be a phenomenal tool to the world. Did we lose you? Say again? Oh, no, I just want uh, can you explain, expound upon how phenomenal it will be and why it will be phenomenal to the world? It's going to be it's going to be phenomenal to the world because everybody will be able to go to this site and see their favorite player, watch their stats. The coaches will even get a get a better look at these uh, athletes from afar. Okay. Um, Is it optimal? Um, let, let me throw something in there because I, 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 sometimes you just need help breaking it down. You guys know how Red Zone comes across our TV every Sunday? So no matter mm-hmm. what game we're watching, if we have Red Zone on, we get to see that key play. We get to see it live. 
So this is an aspect that they're adding. So imagine I'm not watching an LSU game, but I'm invested in LSU because I really need to see what's going on with Florida State. I have the ability to actually see that key play or that key performance or that key move in practice come across my screen to watch it live. It's a very interactive, very real-time site before it even dumps down into an archive. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. I'm I'm actually on the site right now taking a look at it. I'm noticing that you all have chess boards. Is, is that one good thing that uh, we can look forward to chess being followed through L4 Sports? Actually, it's about the, the intellect. And so, you know, playing sports, you know, the game is 90% mental, 10% physical. And so with that, that's the, that's the backdrop is let's be intellectual as we proceed in this in, in this in this society in this internet, and if you and if you're not playing chess and you're playing checkers, and I look at the other individuals that we have to have the mindset to be able to play chess, we have to think three moves ahead because there are other sites that are out there, and so when we think about that, then that's what that's for me. That's what L4S is. We're thinking three or four steps ahead, and so that will be will be applicable. Not only not only in 2016 or 2017, but also in 2030. Well, I definitely see the need for it. You know, as we all know, social media now, and especially in the advent of it, since it's become in the last few years, is the main way that we all have begun to communicate with each other. It's the main way the companies, you know, work to brand themselves. And so it's the same thing with with athletes. You know, everybody's looking for an opportunity and trying to get themselves out there and to provide a platform that can help them do that, you know, especially over a long career. It's one thing to, like, you know, go through your high school, you know, because we all know, we've we all been there. We all, in in high school, you typically get recruited your, juniors, your junior year really hard, you know, going into your senior year because they want you to come into school when you graduate. You know, so you get those two hard years of recruiting. Um, and for you, but they don't really get to see the backstory of the fact that you might have played high, played football or played baseball in a, in a, in a junior, you know, in a kids league, you know, or growing up, or that you've been doing this for since you were like in the fifth grade or something like that, because they don't have record that. Allowing people to actually get that and say, okay, well, here it is. I got this 10-year-old kid who's a beast out in Dallas. I'm going to watch him until he gets to high school. And having that type of platform, and I think, definitely helps out because you get to monitor the growth. You know, you get to see for yourself how talented someone's going to be based off of their, you know, production and based off of how, how they mature during the year. So I can definitely appreciate you all doing so. Like, I wish we'd have had internet when we was kids. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. When you Man. start talking about that, like, like I went to a I went to a D two school uh, in college, and so I understand that the recruiting, the whole recruiting atmosphere has changed. I wish, I wish, I wish it would be like that uh, back in the day, but it's not. So. Yeah, so I, I definitely I, I applaud you guys for coming up with this, man, for putting it putting it out for the people so that they have, you know, I, of course we know, like I said before, and like it was mentioned before by Bernard, there are other platforms, but you know those platforms either cover 
one dimension of it or they cover another dimension of it, but nothing really pulls everything together. So there's one place for everybody to go for the same thing, you know, and, and, and I think that's a very ingenious idea. And I definitely respect you guys for coming up with something like this to help out, you know, athletes and coaches alike. I, I kudos to y'all. Thank, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. And we, thank we appreciate this, this opportunity to even be able to talk about L4S and for Cassandra's encouragement. So we appreciate you all. I'm looking forward to to continue listening to you all. I, I was listening uh, as you all were going through the top ten in college football, which is exciting. It's football season. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. You know how – I mean, I think for – and it's funny because I don't even really get into basketball like that. NBA, you know, basketball season rolling around. I'm like, when football start back up? I know. Hey, uh, hey, right, we, now, Renard is hey, not. Renard, football fan, Rush fans, don't, don't think that we are all like that. I'm a, I'm a sports fan, and I'm a nut book for basketball. I'm a sports fan, I'm, but, you know. We may concentrate on football, but don't think that all of us are only in the football. <laughs> hey. They try it's to claim they love all sports. No, they don't. They love football. I even took the NASCAR. I'm the only, like, okay, they like I'm the black person there, don't but I'm there. Them. Don't believe them. I'm Mountain Dew. What? I'm calling them out. Don't believe them. <laughs> they claim they love other sports. They love football. Um, you know what, guys? Thank other you sports, so much. Other sports, other sports and background noise for them. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Again, um, Levi John, you guys shoot that um, website out one more time so that um, our fans can hear where it is. It is Love for Sports, L-U-V, for sports.com. Come check us out. We'll be in your area. We're looking for everybody from the youngest to the smallest school to the bigger schools as well. We're all inclusive. We look forward to working with you all. Blessings. All right, definitely, it definitely. has been a pleasure. All right, yes, guys, has, thank gentlemen. you so much for joining us today, and we will keep that running all week long, so you know exactly where to find them, and we will incorporate their information on our upcoming website as well. So, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank, thank you. you. All right, so we have hit that part of the show. So. We can definitely move forward with some pretty controversial topics. A little while ago, we did um, do a quick moment of silence for Jose, but there's some other things that have been going around the league. Our co-hosts, Mike and Renard, don't miss a beat when it comes to it. I've got a fun fact stat, but I want them to get to the topics and things that are not just affecting players, but things that are going on around not just the league, but the U.S. We've had a pretty interesting week, so... You know, you guys go ahead and break it down. I, I want to talk about uh, – We're. I want to bring this to the football side of it. There is a – everyone has known about the protest and the silent protest with the with Colin Kaepernick and supporters of the cause with kneeling down or fists up in the air or what have you. Um, there is another something that happened recently in baseball with Clevenger. Uh, that plays for uh, the the Seattle uh, Mariners. Steve Clevenger said some very, if 
for lack of a better way of putting it, racist things on his Twitter account. And he was recently uh, suspended for the rest of the season. Um, with that in mind, there have been cer- certain people around Twitter and other social media sites that have basically compared him, accurately or inaccurately, to Colin Kaepernick. And some people felt that Colin Kaepernick, if Steve Clevenger is going to get suspended, Colin Kaepernick should have been suspended. Now, my comparison to that is, first of all, I believe anybody that believes that to be misinformed about what Colin Kaepernick is doing versus what Clevenger did. Some people want to say that Clevenger uh, did it in his off time and it's like, it's like any other job. He did it during his personal life. Well, the problem that I have with it is any major sport, any major sport, when you sign a contract, there is what is called a morals clause. No, he did not get suspended for something he did on the field and something that was directly baseball-related. But he did break what is called the morals clause. And in the morals clause, if you do anything that is against what a team believes breaks their morals or their policies, they can suspend you, period. That is the same reason why people were able to to, to uh, kill the contracts that Kobe Bryant had a few years back uh, with his over the morals clause. A morals clause says if we don't like what you did, basically we can suspend you. And one of the things that one people would say is, well, that shouldn't be the case. If there was anything that could be done, I guarantee you, baseball's players' union, which is considered to be the the strongest of all of the players' unions, they would have been up in arms about it. They would have defended their player. Because players' unions have defended people like John Rocker in the past from the 90s when he said some very inappropriate stuff while playing for the Atlanta Braves. So Steve Clevenger uh, broke the morals clause. But there are certain people that have also brought up the fact that, well, in the NBA, if somebody tried to do this, there's a there's an NBA rule that, uh, that stops you from kneeling down during the anthem. And that is correct. There is an NBA rule that's against it, that everyone must stand that's uh, associated with the team. And that NBA rule was created some years back after Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, uh, formerly known as Chris Jackson, uh, he decided he wasn't going to stand and he would. He normally doesn't come out of the locker room and he didn't participate in the, in the national anthem. And there was an issue with that. So he agreed that either A, he would not come out of the locker room, or B, if he stood, he would stand in prayer, but he would not participate in the national anthem. Now, there has been talk, will the NBA suspend uh, that rule this season in light of many people possibly wanting to protest themselves? Um, and there have been players that said, we will find a way to protest uh, in light of that rule. I just could not stomach people on social media trying to compare Clevenger to Colin Kaepernick. No rules were broken, Period. And for anybody that wants to question that, I say look at Colin Kaepernick's coach. He has supported Colin Kaepernick more so than anybody throughout all of this. 
Well, it's definitely, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion on, you know, what they think is happening or how fair they think it is. And you have to, we we all have to take into consideration that, that this is America, number one. And the truth is that as American as we all are, the vast majority of the people don't know what they're talking about. That's true. And and the, and where you and this is something you know, crazy. Demographically, that's an issue too because I have a few people in other areas of the U.S. that can't even fathom what happens in Chicago and and why we put them It's it's crazy, and they don't. They really some things we have to. We, I've been in a lot of deep conversations that they were totally clueless about, and for a lot of us in our areas and those of us that do research, those of us that read, those of us that have been part of campaigns for the betterment and respect of human life and it should be based on your race, they've never even tapped into that. And I'm talking there in their 30s and 40s, and they were in a lot of situations. So their initial response was to get angry based on what well, I was told this, taught this, and this is how it should go. And why would anybody want to change that when act in actuality they never did research to understand why you were taught this or what it even actually means. Just because you were taught something doesn't mean it's right. Every day we learn something different in science. Like, oh, we told you this. We told you Pluto was a planet. Now it's not. Oh, it might be again. So I'm it, glad it, you bring a, up that point. I'm glad you bring up that point because one of the more common ones that people bring up what you were taught and what research means is the First yep. Amendment. And what the First Amendment gives you is you're free from prosecution by the government when it comes to the First Amendment. The government can't shut you down. But any private entity can do what they will. The government is the only one that you're protected against with the First Amendment. Uh, the government cannot prosecute you for saying something wrong. And Major League Baseball and the Seattle Mariners are a private entity. Even if you went to work and said something crazy, your job is a as, – as long as you're not working for a government institution, your your job can do what they will. They cannot shut you up. Mm-hmm. They cannot shut you up. So uh, you – what many people don't realize is whatever your mouth says or your mouth does, you have to deal with the consequences, and even I mean, to those you know, people that have. Go ahead. And even to those people that feel like, well, Colin Kaepernick is being protected. No, he just actually just made mm-hmm. the decision. No, he, he's prepared. Uh, he, he's done whatever consequences he's done exactly, come his he's way. He's done exactly what what you do as a professional. And as a professional, you don't open your mouth and call and say things like. And this is a quote Clevenger because this was on his Twitter, on his tweet, you know, uh, Black Lives, BLM is pathetic again. Obama, you're pathetic again. Everyone should be locked behind bars like animals. Black people beating whites when the thug got shot holding the gun by a black officer. Ha ha, F, you know, expletive crashed me up. Keep, keep kneeling for the anthem. So when you make statements like that and then come back and talk about, well, you know, well, I, my they were taken out of context. It's not really how I want to be seen. No. I want to be seen as a no. racist. Oh, you already. I'm, it's That's too late. what you said. It's hey. too late. This is what you've he already apologized. put out into the universe. So what you should have done is been quiet about it, 
or at least thought about it before you decided you wanted to put something out into you know for the world to see and and end up getting yourself suspended because of how you personally feel about something now if you want to be a part of if be a part of the you know the the solution then you know the only thing, the best thing for him to do would be go back and and research why he feels the way he feels well and part of the problem you know is because of, because if you have, have to if deal you, with the consequences of their actions and right That's now it. he's being forced to deal with the consequences of his actions. You know, it's like, you know, my whole thing is like... And because he, his apologies... I'm going to say this. That he's that. dealing with the consequences of his actions based on his action, not based on his race or nationality, right? Exactly. Right. Um, oh, okay. Exactly. Right, because one of the things that I would like his, to point you know. out, one of the key things that I have a problem with Steve Clevenger is he didn't apologize. He apologized for being a distraction. He didn't apologize for any of his words. He, he, he apologized for being a distraction to his teammates. That's not apologizing for what you did. No, cause he, cause he does, because the, the apology is not for that. Because he he's not apologizing for what he said because that's how he really feels. He feels that we should be locked up like animals. So you mean to tell me that you feel like the the black man, the black man you're sitting here playing on first base with, or the black man who's out here in the you know in deep center uh, left field, that he should be locked up as an animal? This is the same person you come to work with every day. Well, when every you day. never intended a certain group of people to honestly not be off the plantation, but at the same time, you you never mm-hmm. intended them to really get off the plantation unless it was beneficial to you. And no, unfortunately, so. a group of people instilled that mentality in a lot of others. It created a mess. So, this I, is a mess. so, it, so it, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's hard to 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 ex- accept the apology. I mean, you can keep it. It don't really mean anything yeah, to me. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not offended by what you said. I just see you for who you are. You know, we have we def- I have a true belief that when people show you who you are, believe them. Yeah, so you've, all, you've already this. showed us who you are, and it's cool. That's what you feel. Um, one of the things is because of all of the because of all of the things that have been going on in the social world, not just social media, but in social life. Be on the lookout. Uh, Football fan rush is considering having a bonus episode in the coming weeks, uh, where we just get on the air and talk about things that affect. Sports, but are not actually sports themselves. So we will look at what has gone on with the NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, Colin Kaepernick with the NFL, Brandon Marshall with the with the Broncos. We will look at all of those things, and we're just so be on the lookout. Watch your social media because we may have this bonus episode upcoming. Yeah, and on a lighter note, on an upper note, just to throw in. Yes, on another note. Just to throw in some football information. Yes, we're going into week three. I think it's so hilarious that we have eight teams that are 2-0, and eight teams that Uh-oh. are 0-2, and we've got, like, 16 other teams that are like, well, you know what? We showed up. <laughs> They're all 1-1. One one. So everybody has a – this is, like, this is so much fun at the beginning of the season. Um you don't know. I, I like seasons when you really, really, really don't know who the victors are going to be. I am a fan of those seasons when you don't put everything on the heads of the Patriots and the Broncos and the Cowboys. You never know. 
You never know. So I'm a fan of this season. I know it is almost game time. So, Bernard, would you like to tell everyone where they can find us? Before I tell you where you can find us, I don't want you to forget where you can find our guests today. They can be found on loveforsports.com. That's www.luv, the number four, sports.com, loveforsports.com. But then I always want you to find us. You can find us on Twitter at Football Fan Rush. You can find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash footballfanrushradio. You can also find us on our uh, you can find the show on blogtalkradio.com slash footballfanrushradio. Uh, for those of you that have set it up for the podcast to find you, we're searchable in the Apple Podcast app. We're also searchable on the TuneIn Radio app. And then Cass's favorite way to uh, listen to the show again after the show is the RSS radio feed. Uh, but the easiest way to pull the links is to go to footballfanrushradio.com, but then uh, I always tell people, if you want to listen to us live or if you want to listen to us archive, go to blogtalkradio.com slash footballfanrushradio. Indeed. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it is 23 seconds to game time. Everybody's about to get started. You all have a great day. Enjoy it. Be safe out there if you're going anywhere for the games or hanging out with your family. Keep your head on the swivel, and let's all see you all. Have a great weekend. And we will see you next week. You have a great one. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.